Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi friends, I'm so grateful you're here with us today for the Fully Restored podcast. Before we jump into my interview with today's guest, I wanted to let you know that during our conversation today, there is some discussion that is best listened to away from children's ears. I so appreciate my guests who are transparent and real and who are giving us hope on the other side as well. Please be mindful of your own triggers and know we are discussing these things to bring them to the light of Jesus and to help individuals find their own healing. Thanks, friends. And now to my interview. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am excited today to be joined by my guest, Serena Dykeson. Serena has quite a story about God restoring her life from the ashes. What the enemy meant to destroy her, she is now using to minister to others. And I am so excited for this conversation, for you guys to hear what God is going to lead and direct us to talk about today. So welcome, Serena. Thank you. It is such a joy and honor to be able to be on your podcast today. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. So before we jump into the questions, I just have a couple of fun facts. The first one is, I love going to the beach. I am right there with you, girl. That is my favorite place. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. That's my favorite place to be. Do you live near the beach? Oh, I wish. No, I live in the cornfields of Indiana. (laughs) Oh, okay. So then you're not too far because I'm in Kentucky. So you're not very far. I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. And so I was a beach girl. That was my playground. And I miss the beach so much. Yes, it is just something about being by the water is so peaceful, isn't it? It is. And it's very healing. It was the place I would go and cry. And it was the place that I would go and have fun at. So yep, absolutely. Okay, so the second one is this one, I once got a white tattoo on my arm that looks like a scar and you use it to share your testimony. Mm -hmm. I sure do. (laughs) Yes. So kind of, we always say when I was kind of in my mess, uh, (laughs) in my brokenness and really it was crazy. I always wanted to get a tattoo, but you know, my husband wasn't a huge fan of it. And one night kind of when we were just really in our brokenness, I went and got it anyway. <laughs> and so then when the Lord got a hold of my heart and just really healed my heart, it was so interesting that when I would go out and I would just share the love of Jesus to people, it was interesting that people would notice my white tattoo and they would ask me questions and then I could share of our brokenness and that 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 was a scar that was healed and so it's just been a beautiful reminder and a beautiful thing that I can use to share the love of Jesus to others. Oh, I love that. That is beautiful. So, Serena, tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do in your family. 
Mm -hmm. So I am Serena Dykeson and I am from Indiana and I'm the author of She Found His Grace and also the founder of She Found His Grace Ministries. And really what, what our ministry does God has, out of obedience of sharing my story, God's just opened up amazing opportunities and doors for me to speak and also write my story. And so we offer post-abortive healing to women. And through that process, then um, women are able to find their healed voice through Jesus, and they are able to share their stories and save women from going through abortion. So through this process, we have several babies that have been born because of this process and also women and families that are finding healing after abortion. And so a little bit about your family. Mm -hmm. So a little bit about my family. I have been married to my high school sweetheart for 27 years, and we have two adult children. I am a Nana of a three-year-old, and also we have another little baby on the way anytime now. So we're waiting for him to be born. And we just, um, we're a family that loves people well. We love to just invite people in, and we just have an open-door policy, and I'm just super honored that what God has done in our family and restoring that. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm a grandma too. So there's nothing like being a grandma. That is one of my greatest joys is being a grandma. And we have a couple on the way as well. So congratulations. There is nothing like it. It is so good. Yes. So Serena, could you share with us about your childhood, about the dysfunction that was in your family? So growing up, I, I grew up in a pretty poor family. We moved around a lot. There was abuse, like generational abuse. And we just, it was just kind of chaotic. And when my parents couldn't pay bills, we would just move. And there's just a lot of brokenness. We didn't go to church and we kind of kept to ourselves and nothing was consistent ever in our household. And my parents, they were they did the best that they could, but I mean, it was very dysfunctional to say the least. They just grew up doing what they, they saw in their family. And also there was trauma in their background and they brought all of that trauma into their kids and their family. And so it was just one of those things that proceeded to follow us. That was how our, our family, that's just who we were. I didn't get introduced to Jesus until I was in fifth grade. We moved to a farmhouse and the, uh, the guy we rented from, he faithfully picked us up from church, picked us up and took us to church. And that was my first encounter. The first time I heard Jesus, I didn't understand Jesus, but that was the first time that I was introduced to the name Jesus. Otherwise, if he wouldn't have faithfully came to pick us up, I would have never heard about Jesus. You just made me think of my own story because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And in fifth grade was, this is back in the day, of course, they could never do this now, but once a week we would be taken out of school. To me, back then, they were little old ladies. I don't imagine they are now, but back then I thought they were little old ladies and they would come in and get us and we would walk down the alley, across the street to the VFW hall, and they would have a kid's church for us. 
And I remember in fifth grade, that was the first time that they talked about the love of Jesus. And I remember sitting there as a little girl, as they're talking, looking at my friends and thinking about the stuff that they're going through and thinking, isn't it wonderful that Jesus loves them? And one of those ladies came to me at the end and sat next to me. And she said, you know, Jesus loves you. And I said, oh, no, he can't love me. But I'm so glad he loves so-and-so because of what they're going through. And she tried to convince me then of, of God's love for me. But because of the hurt and the abuse and the other things, I couldn't see it. I couldn't embrace it. But I will always remember that, that that was the first time. And that was when a seed was planted in my life. That's awesome. That's so good. And that's why I I'm just I just have a heart for going out and just sharing that because someone took the time to do that. And that's beautiful. I love that. And it's interesting that, you know, it was hard to receive that. And I think so many people feel that way. Like Jesus can love them, but not necessarily me. Yeah. And I think so many people share that that same thought process. Yeah. So Serena, how did you cope at that young age with the dysfunction with, uh, you know, you mentioned your parents had, your family had trauma background and that they brought it into the family. How did you cope with everything that was going on and happening in your family at that time? I think for me, one of the things we say all the time and she found his grace is that we don't know what we don't know. (laughs) And so, you know, for me, I was like, that was kind of normal. I didn't, I had no idea what really how, how hurtful, how painful things were. And it wasn't until my adult years, I started really digging into my root system and also unpacking all of that, that it was like, huh, that's why I respond the way I do, because I'm digging into my root system. It wasn't until much later that I even recognized that I was responding out of my wounds. I just didn't even realize. And for my life, you know, it was just this layer after layer, you know, I had the physical abuse, I had the verbal abuse. And then at 13, I would get sexually assaulted, which resulted in an unplanned pregnancy and then taken for an abortion. So you have all of these layers, you know, for us, I ended up getting married at 17. I, I got pregnant at 16, chose life in Planned Parenthood's parking lot and got married in high school. And by 23, you know, we kind of set our standards on, okay, I'm married now. I've had all this stuff in my, my background, but now I'm married. We bought our first house at 23 and we just thought we were doing great. We thought things were awesome by the world standards. And it wasn't until I had a miscarriage in my mid twenties that I was, I just fell into a deep grief and I didn't know how to process that grief. And then just really remember thinking, I'm not a good mother. I'm not a good wife. I don't deserve my family walking through almost losing my life after my ovary ruptured and then having a complete hysterectomy and then being faced in my neighborhood with someone we trusted as a friend to find out that they were sexually abusing people that we cared about, you know, neighborhood kids. And I was just so devastated by that. And it became so clear that I had not healed from my wounds. And I just kind of went off the rails. I started drinking 
I was abusing prescription drugs. I left my family because I just felt like I didn't deserve them. And my world was just falling apart. And it was, it was not until I had an encounter with the Lord, like really lavished in his love that I had no idea, no idea just how much all of that trauma had affected my life and how much, honestly, after a night of drinking and I called some friends to come get me and no one would come and get me. They were kind of done with my shenanigans and uh, just sitting in my car and praying and, and just saying, God, I have no one but you and God meeting me in my car and lavishing me in a love that I had never felt in my life and knowing that I needed to go home both spiritually and physically really was how I just really started, really started unpacking my wounds and letting the Lord really clean out those wounds. So let's pause for a second. There is so much that you just unpacked there. And I want to backtrack a little bit before we get into the whole encounter with God. You talked about verbal and physical abuse. So in your growing up years, that was what was going on in your home. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was at the age of 13. Could you unpack that for us just a little bit more? So as as far as what happened at yeah, 13? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so we had just, we had moved away from our farmhouse where I had learned about Jesus and we had moved in the middle of the night you know, typical dysfunction. And my parents moved out of state looking for a better job. They dropped my, my sister and myself off at aunt and uncle's house and off they went. And eventually they came back and picked us up. We didn't stay there long. We came back and I had an uncle that started coming around. And I remembered thinking, oh, this is awesome. Like I get to watch my little cousins. Like this is a really awesome opportunity, but it did not take long for that not to turn into awesome. You know, he ended up assaulting me, just being faced with an unplanned pregnancy and my parents, you know, we didn't, we didn't grow up in the church. They didn't have that support. And so just being at the doctor's office, and I just remember how desperate they were for someone to help them. And the help that was offered was abortion. And I just, I had never heard that word before. I didn't know what it was. My mom, you know, with trauma in her life, being so triggered by what had just been to her daughter, you know, you just, she was looking for help and they said, well, what do you think about abortion? And I just remember my mom saying, yeah, that's what we're going to do. What happened at the abortion clinic changed our lives forever. My mom ended up checking herself in after having a mental breakdown of what happened at the clinic. My dad eventually left our family and I, I was depressed and not coping very well. And, you know, trauma plus trauma does not help someone heal. And that's, that's what people need to understand. You know, that was not something that, that helped our family at all. That was kind of what was happening at 13. And you just said something, trauma plus trauma, it equals more trauma. It's not less trauma. It's not healthy ways of coping. But your mom didn't know you weren't, I mean, abortion was given as an option, but you weren't given a choice in that matter, were you? Um, no, I mean, that was the only thing that was ever talked about. They never talked about uh, adoption. Like I never heard that word. No, I mean, for me, I didn't, you know, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. And 
had no idea when I was taken to the clinic, I honestly thought that it was a doctor's office and that they were there to help us. And I think for my parents, they thought, they just thought that it was going to help, you know, they, all they could think about was, okay, our daughter has just been sexually assaulted and she has this baby by the man that, that had, had raped me. And they just wanted to fix that, you know, they, they didn't know. And so, yeah. And then the after effects of that, and you don't even know, I mean, the thing is like, you know, we were just sold this lie that that was going to help us and didn't realize I'm sure my parents did not even realize that my mom was going to have a mental breakdown. I'm sure that was never on her radar. So our family was just falling apart and we had no, I mean, it it seemed like no hope. We didn't even want to talk about what happened. Um, We wanted to forget about it. And, you know, you think, oh, sexual assault, that's big. And that is big. That's a huge trauma in itself. But then you add these two traumas and you're just left really trying to navigate through that. And I know sexual assault and abortion are two things people do not talk about. They just you know, we're pretty quiet in the church about those things. And there are some really wounded people in our churches that need that healing and they need that hope and they need to know that they're not alone in this and that there is healing for their hearts and freedom. Absolutely. And as you're talking, I'm thinking here, it almost, I don't know the full story, but it's just based on what you're telling me. It's almost like they just covered up the rape part and we're going to fix this and, and we're going to have you get an abortion, but we're never going to deal with it. We're never going to deal with what happened to you. Were charges ever brought? Was that person charged? Yes. So, uh, yes. So they went to jail and they got out and they they actually recommitted, um, reoffended. Yes. So that happened um, a couple times. So they did go to jail. And to go back to what should have happened, there should have been counseling, yeah. biblical counseling counseling that was offered. We were so poor, like we couldn't afford counseling, let alone, you know, going to private counseling. And I, you know, for us later on in life, when I did start my healing journey, my husband and I talk about, you know, we didn't really have the funds to go through counseling at that time either. And we just sacrificed because we were like, this is so important and it has to, we have to do it. And so we were just out of pocket that money, but we knew it was worth the process of what needed to happen. Because actually it's only been in the last couple of years that it's been required to have substance abuse and mental health counseling and insurance. Before it was just a few that had it. And looking back, because I look back on my case when I was 14 and I was raped, I'm 54. So that was 40 years ago. The counseling, you know, they they offered it to me once in passing, but they really didn't have anyone that specifically dealt with sexual assault. And then when I was 18, when I did go to a counselor, she didn't know what to do with me because she didn't know she didn't have tools of what to do with sexual assault. And it's been since then that there has become more awareness and more education on how to help individuals that have been sexually assaulted. And I would imagine also in your area of talking about counseling for those that have experienced abortion as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for us and a lot of women who go through abortion, like it is really something that you don't want to talk about. And so when we got connected with a counselor, I talked about my sexual assault, but I did not talk about my abortion because my counselor went to my church and I thought I do not want him to go back yeah. and, and say anything. So I did not talk about that. And it was not until I was invited to post abortive healing that it was like, oh my goodness, that was the healing bomb that my heart needed. I don't even know if going through regular counseling would have been what would have happened. Um, post-abortive healing is just on a whole nother level for women because we actually get to mourn the loss of our children, which doesn't happen with women that have abortions. They think that they don't deserve to mourn the loss of their child, whether it was a choice or someone made them do that. It's just, there's so much shame and so much guilt For me, when I realized what abortion was, I was devastated because that's something I would have never chose to do because that was a a life. And so that was just a really hard process. But the post-abortive healing was exactly the healing bomb that I needed and so many women need. And that's where they're finding their freedom in Christ. And it's all biblical. And that's what I love about it, because we know Jesus is going to give the biblical truth in it and the freedom. So Serena, you shared with us about that you were raped, that you were forced to get an abortion with the dysfunction in your family, all the obstacles, the pain. And we briefly talked about that moment of that time, that radical encounter that you had with Jesus. Could you share with us briefly about that fully restored story, that fully restored moment that you had with God? Yeah. So just sitting in my car and it was crying out to the Lord. It took me to cry out to him. And he met me even after I had been running, even after I had been angry. Here I was this broken, drunk out of my mind person, (laughs) broken and sitting in my car. And when I called on his name, that's when he met me and he lavished me in that love. After that, by God's grace, I drove home and my husband met me at the door and he welcomed me in and I started going to counseling and I was still angry. I was so mad at just all of these people. I had let this root of bitterness take hold in my heart. Even though I had a radical encounter with the Lord, I was still angry. And uh, God met me in Lamentations 358 and the Holy Spirit said, did I pull you from the pit? And I knew God had pulled me from the pit. And he said, did I take up your case? And that word case just hit me because if you've gone through sexual assault, you know, you go through the court system. So case just really penetrated my heart. And he said, did I pull you from the pit? And I knew God had pulled me from the pit. And it was like the Holy Spirit was asking me to lay all my hate and my bitterness at the foot of the cross. And I chose to do that that day. And God gave me new eyes to see, to see them as someone that still needs him and to pray for them. And that was freeing for me because I had been drinking this poison And I was hoping that they would die, but it was only killing me. It wasn't hurting them. They were just off living their lives. It was me that was still a captive. And I found complete freedom on that day. That is a beautiful encounter that you had with God. And really talking about that forgiveness and letting go because anger 
we think if we hold on to our anger, then we're punishing them. But really, we're punishing ourselves, And we need to process that, that anger. We need to process the grief. We need to process through what happened and forgive ourselves. Because often we just talk about forgiving those that have abused us. But we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive God because sometimes we blame God for what has happened to us. And then we also need to forgive those that have abused us and hurt us. And it's it's for our growth. It's for our healing. It's so that we're not holding on to that bitterness and seeing life through bitterness and anger, but being transformed and beginning to see life through the love of God. And that's what happened to you as you were in the car, right? Absolutely. That was absolutely what happened. It was at that moment that just, I knew God loved me, even though I was just this broken sinner that was just causing havoc and hurting lots of people because I didn't choose to go. I didn't choose to be sexually assaulted. I didn't choose to have an abortion, but I did choose to walk out on my family. I chose to have bitterness in my heart. I chose to drink myself silly most days. And even in that, God was like, hey, I see you. I love you. You are my daughter. And I want to pull you out of this pit. And I want to give you new eyes to see people the way I see them. That has just been such a radical thing in my life to be able to see people the way that the Lord sees them and love them just this love that I have for people and for them to see, be transformed in Christ and really get that freedom. And that's really what she found his grace is all about. So with your life experience where God has brought you today, what are two or three things that you can share with our listeners as they begin their journey of healing? Yeah. So a couple of things. It is really hard to go to counseling. I'm going to be honest. That was the hardest part for me because I didn't want to unpack everything. I just was like, ah, you know, that was super hard. And there were times where I would drive to the counselor's office, sit outside his, his doors, and I wanted to leave. I, I didn't want to unpack my hurt. And if I could say anything to anybody is don't run away from those feelings, but run to them because the Lord's going to be there with you because he loves you so much. And there's going to be freedom in that. And to press in on those times where you don't want to unpack your stuff and also just understanding your root systems. The other day, I just had something happen where I responded in a way and someone had said something and I responded and I literally went through my healing process of like, okay, was that truth of what they just said? And it wasn't. And I could just, you know, using the tools that I had learned, I was like, okay, nope, that's not what really was going on, but this is actually what was going on. And so just being able to navigate those pieces so I can respond in a healthy way, what's going to be healthy for me, what's going to be honoring to the Lord, and also what's really going to give me freedom at the end of the day. And so just really press into going for healing, set a budget, you know, make it a priority. Okay. And you also had mentioned to me, I just want to share these because I think they're so good, is keep pressing into God's truth that he wants to lavish us in his love. And that's what we were talking about is that encounter that you had with God and that we're never too far from his reach, his love and healing when we call on him. And when you were in that car, 
Even though you felt so far away, you called out to him and he was right there. And the journey of healing is hard and we have to make the choice that we believe his word and that he is fighting for us. And those are the things that really help transform your life. So how can people connect with you online and purchase your book? Yes. So people can go to serenadykeson.com and my story's there. You can buy my book from there. You can get it off of Amazon or Barnes and Noble. We have a Facebook page called She Found Is Grace. We post about our, um, when we have healing retreats and just encouragement. Also, we have an online community that people can sign up for and we screen it really well to make sure, you know, it's protected and safe, but you can um, go on there and you can request to be part of our online healing community. And it is just for post-abortive women that you can go in there. It's a friendship. It's a sisterhood. We have other communities as well for sexual assault survivors that you can join that group as well. It's just, we just say it's our crew. It's our, our people that we just get to love and encourage each other. So you can find that and sign up on our website, serenadykeson.com. Well, thank you, Serena, for joining us today. Our show notes and all of the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our shows. We would appreciate it if you would leave a review and rating as well on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And be sure to share our podcast with your friends. If you know somebody that has experienced abuse, has experienced an abortion that is struggling, share this podcast with them. I would love to stay connected with you. So be sure to find me on Instagram or on my Facebook page, both of them at author Kristen Klaus. And I hope and pray that today's episode spoke to you, that out of everything that we spoke about, that God loves you, no matter what you have gone through in your life, no matter what choices you have made or other people have made for you, that God is here to love you and to walk with you and to heal you. And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.